Our first question is, do you have advice for feeling in limbo between being lean and skinny and eating less and wanting to gain muscle by eating more? Well, yes, I did. Um, when I began training, I was very skinny fat. I had a little belly and not much muscle mass. And I really didn't want to diet because I'd read that if you diet, you will not be gaining muscles quickly. And I didn't want to gain weight because I didn't want to get any fat. <laughs> so it's very difficult and there's a couple options. So the first thing is you could hit a diet period until you get to a point where you feel comfortable in your level of leanness. And then you could slowly bump your calories up by one to 300 calories per day, which is a very small surplus. Uh, if you focus on most of that being protein, you're going to put on very little body fat because of the process of turning protein into fat. And if you are new to training, i.e. you have less than three years of progressive overload training following a structure for the majority of that time, you will definitely see some robust gains in terms of muscle growth and very minimal gains in terms of fat growth. You can gain muscle at maintenance calories, which is to say you don't gain body weight, you just maintain uh, with a high protein level and training hard, but it's much difficult. You want to think of muscle like pushing a boulder uphill uh, and it's already very difficult, but by maintaining your body weight, it makes it even more difficult and it increases the incline. So it takes a number of months to gain any kind of mass, but you can diet successfully most of the fat that you will have gained in a nine month period often about 10 weeks um, it really does grow or come off a lot quicker so for me my advice would be diet down into the place that you feel comfortable and then slowly increase your calories one to three hundred calories per day and aim for around one percent of your body weight going up every two weeks and if that's too aggressive for you you can go one percent per month in a very slow rate of gain though do be aware that it may affect your muscle, uh, the rate of gain of muscle. Second question is about carb cutting and the ketogenic diet. So the ketogenic diet is a diet where you consume mostly fats and protein and very minimal carb, uh, less than 20 grams per day, I think is the level you want to get at. So the person wants to know if it's an effective diet or if it's a sustainable diet. So an effective diet is just one that gets you into a calorie deficit and you're able to adhere to it. So if you're someone that can adhere to a very harsh diet for a short period of time, get really good results and go back to maintenance calories, great. Uh, if you're someone that has a lot of social occasions or doesn't want to uh, be as aggressive with their diet, then you can just do it over a longer period of time. And then once you understand kind of what deficit you're aiming for, you then decide what method you use. And the ketogenic diet is just a, a one method. If you're someone that struggles with overeating sugary carbohydrate treats, then cutting them out is perhaps a good way of uh, getting into that deficit. If you're someone that enjoys oils, uh, fatty cuts of meat, butter, these kind of things, and you prefer them in your diet, then it probably makes sense that a ketogenic diet is for you. Is it sustainable? If you fall into the previous category of likes, then it totally is. You won't gain the weight once you're no longer doing ketogenic diet because uh, you will hopefully be consuming the same amount of calories. Uh, and that's the thing to get into here is that it's about your calories, not where they come from. 
that's what matters first and foremost for a calorie deficit is hit your calories and then look at things like protein, carbs and fats. But there's no point in you having a really good macronutrient split if you're over your calories because that is undermining your goal. Uh, I would say one thing that if you're using the ketogenic diet as a way of creating a calorie deficit because you can't deal with foods and you don't have a great relationship with food, then you may need to look into that further down the line because all that you're going to all that's going to happen is you're going to jump onto some form of uh, diet, whether it's ketogenic, Atkins, or Weight Watchers, Slimming World, these things. And as soon as you come off the diet, you'll gain the weight back if you go back to your previous behavior. So I would be looking at the behaviors that are stopping you from losing weight firstly, deal with them, and then you can hit a calorie deficit, lose the body fat in a relatively quick amount of time, and then bring your calories back up to maintenance and find balance. Third question is, should I consume continue to consume between 1.5 and 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight even though I'm not training as hard at home. Well, the first answer is yes because protein is more satiating um, but we'll go into it a little bit deeper than that. So when we look at requirements for health, so this is uh, things like enzymes, uh, your haemoglobin, your hair, nails, uh, the processes of the body. Protein has a lot to do with those processes uh, and you need a decent amount of protein to make them work. So I would suggest that you should be hitting at least 1.2 to 1.6 grams per kilogram for health purposes. Now for muscle gain purposes or even muscle retention, the first thing you want to look at is are you training hard enough from home because Whilst protein is needed to maintain muscle mass, resistance training, which is a signal, tells the body there is a need for this. If you're not training hard and forcing your body to have to use the muscle, then it will eventually get rid of it because it is seen as a non, uh, it is not, is not an, a necessary process in the body. It's non-essential. So I would look at it from that point of view. Secondly, you can definitely train very hard at home with minimal kit. Uh, there's very few people that will be following this podcast that will need a lot of weight to train. You just have to get uh, creative with what you're doing. Our fourth question, how to balance out foods, especially throughout the day in each meal maybe even more so over the course of a period cycle, the hunger levels range from absent to ravenous. So how to balance out foods? Well, however you like, I have this uh, bugbear with foods. I will sometimes have two burgers with sweet potatoes as my first meal of the day in the morning. And people always say, well, that's not breakfast food. And I just question them and ask, what, what is a breakfast food? There's no such thing as a food that can only be consumed at breakfast. There's just when you eat them. So balancing out foods is just relative to your goals. If you're someone that trains very heavy and hard in the morning, then perhaps you do need some form of pre-workout meal. If you find that you can train just as hard without a meal in you, totally fine. If you find that you're very hungry at certain points in the day, breakfast, lunch, or dinner time, then I would skew more of my foods 
towards that time and I would just minimize my intake when I am not as hungry. It's really that simple and it's just down to a few things where you have to just track when you find your hungriest. Uh, that would be my first thing to say. And then looking at your period cycle. It's usually the week where you are actually on your period, so you are menstruating, that you find your calories, uh, your cravings go up. And that's to do with a couple of processes. Uh, but one is that your metabolism does ramp up slightly. Uh, I believe it's one to 300 calories it ramps up. So there is some scope for upping your calories during that week. And what I do with some of my female clients who do find they get very hungry at this time is we just take a pre-planned diet break. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for this. The first being that they're hungry, so we might as well up their calories. And if they've been dieting for three to four weeks quite aggressively, then they will not lose anything from one week where they bring the calories up. In fact, they might see some benefits from that from a psychological point of view. Uh, it also stops you from binging on foods and overeating your calories anyway, so you don't have that negative feedback loop of feeling guilty about it because you should honour your hunger signals to a certain extent, even when you're dieting. Uh, I do ask clients to aim for an 8 out of 10 for most uh, meals, and that ensures that we're in a slight calorie deficit, that, but they're still satisfied with their foods. Um, our next question is, is hitting your protein goal every day more important than total calories? For example, eating a protein bar if I don't really want to, just to up my protein. Also, is having too much protein an issue? So firstly, I would say it depends on your goals. If you are maintaining your body weight and resistance training regularly, it's not super important that you hit the top end of your calorie, uh, your protein target, but it is probably a good idea to hit around that 1.6 grams per kilogram, again, for health and for some muscle gain slash retention. If you are in a calorie surplus, i.e. choosing to gain weight, it is more important that you hit your calories and then the protein is uh, secondary, especially because you're in a surplus, so you've already got uh, extra energy. You don't necessarily need to focus on protein just as much because you are not at risk of losing tissue as you would be in a deficit. Now, if you're in a calorie deficit, the thing that matters first and foremost is your total calories. You have to hit your calories. but. Just like it's probably a better idea to diet on whole foods, proteins and veggies as opposed to McDonald's, it's a good idea to try to up your protein intake. Not only, as I said before, does it take care of some uh, essential body processes, it's also a very satiating macronutrient, which is just to say that it fills you up for longer. It has benefits for your training and it's probably just a decent idea to be pushing for hitting closer to your protein goal as long as it doesn't bring you over your total calories. Now, if you're someone that fat loss is just your goal, then hitting your calories is more important rather than protein. And you wouldn't want to eat a protein bar just to get your protein if it put you over your calories. Our 
Is there a best time to eat? I sometimes get cravings before bed, but I know I shouldn't before. Also, is it true if you boil or blitz food, you are losing nutrition? Some say it's better to eat it raw. There is some research into chrononutrition, which is uh, timing. And I believe they found that if you eat a breakfast, you are less likely to want to overconsume calories in the evening. It's a, definitely a field that's got some promise, but it's not been heavily researched. Uh, the person who's doing most of the work on it, I believe, is Danny Lennon of Sigma Nutrition. Uh, and he has some fantastic podcasts on it. But I would say that it's not super important to pick particular times beyond eat when you're hungry and don't eat when you're not. Mostly because if you are very hungry at breakfast but you stop yourself from eating then you're maybe gonna overeat at lunch versus someone who doesn't really get hungry at breakfast time it lets them save some calories for lunch and dinner. So I wouldn't say there's a best time to eat, but you should be managing your hunger signals and adapt to that. Uh, I don't think it's, you said it's uh, cravings before bed, but you know you shouldn't. There's no reason not to eat before bed, except that you might get some indigestion and that it might put you over your calories. There's nothing to suggest that eating before bed will store body fat. So I wouldn't worry about it from that point of view. And lastly, with the boiling or blitzing food or losing nutrition, some say it's better to eat it raw. So this comes from the idea that you are heating it up um, and potentially losing some of the micronutrients. But if you lost anything, it would be very minimal to the point that it doesn't matter. And to be honest, you're less likely to eat any vegetables if you had to eat them all raw rather than cooking them and then salting them. So it becomes a, a, a battle between, oh, it might be ideal to eat them raw, but since you don't like them raw and they taste like shit, you're not gonna eat them anyway. So you might as well just eat the boiled or microwaved uh, version of it. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. This is, the, this is getting into the woods of nutrition. And again, I would just say focus on hitting as many different fruits and veggies, beans and legumes as you can, and it'll probably take care of, it will take care of itself. Our next question is about portion sizes. Uh, so I think they want to know a little bit about how to use portion sizes. Um, now, there's a really good method that I use with clients called the hand and fist method and I learned it from Precision Nutrition which is ran by uh, John Berardi and it's equivalent to your hand. So the idea is that instead of tracking calories through my fitness pal you would track them through portion sizes. Now it's really easy because you've always got your hand with you. It does get a little bit more difficult with mixed foods that's the one thing I will say so um, chicken pastas, curries, these things, it does get a little bit more difficult, but for the most part is a really, really good tool for tracking and gives you some data that you can adjust. So if you're not losing body fat or measurements aren't coming down and you've been tracking your portion sizes, then you just drop some, some portions down and then you have a new target to hit. And how you use it is this. So the size of your palm is one portion of protein the size of your cupped hand here 
is a portion of carbohydrates. Your closed fist is a portion of veggies. And the edge of your thumb here is a portion of fats. It's a really good method that I use with people just to make them aware of how much protein they're intaking versus carbohydrates and fats. I think it's good for beginners to get used to conceptualizing portions as well and make them realize how much they're eating. Our next question is the definition of conditioning. It's a term they feel like they hear a lot, but they're not 100% sure what it means. So conditioning is another way of saying uh, cardiovascular fitness and cardiovascular fitness is and any type of fitness is just the definition of how prepared are you to do the work now that could be a one rep max that's a level of fitness and a powerlifter has to be prepared for that it could also be running a marathon how prepared are you for that so when we talk about conditioning we talk about the ability to perform uh, certain cardiovascular efforts uh, and uh, an example is a marathon versus 100 meter sprints. They require different energy systems. They require different muscles. They require different technique. And for mo and for that individual, they will have to train specific for that goal. For the majority of people, however, I would say that a base level of cardiovascular fitness is as simple as being able to run a 5k in around 30 minutes is a pretty decent level of fitness and again some people won't need that level of fitness some people will it's really just down to how you enjoy it um i think that people make a big deal out of fitness and it definitely is important but for the majority of folk who are health seeking individuals and are training regularly you're probably getting enough levels of fitness in through your lifting any conditioning work you do, um, hit training, for example, or walking around day to day. Uh, the next clip question is, I know you can make certain muscles grow or get bigger, but can you also make them smaller? Uh, yes, you can. And it's as simple as not training them. <laughs> um, I know that for some people, they think their muscles are bigger than they are, but they're actually usually just carrying a little bit more body fat around that area. It tends to happen for females. They diet down and the first place they may lose fat from is their boobs or bum, as opposed to other areas that they may have wished it to come off of. Uh, and I would probably say, unless you are someone who has massively, massively overdeveloped muscles, you're perhaps carrying a little bit more body fat in that area than you would like. But if you don't want them to grow, you simply stop training them. Um, reduce the volume, make exercises dominant in other areas. So the bench press, if it was your triceps, you didn't want to grow, for example, you would take a wider grip focused on more uh, chest work, uh, just as an example. Our other another question is knees have started to hurt when doing leg extensions it feels like the quad pulls on my knees why is it happening and could I fix this so I'm not a physio so first and foremost I this is out of my scope of practice generally when clients come to me and they say an exercise hurts I like to look at the execution and if the execution is on point then I just find them a variation that does suit them if it's a body weight leg extension, the chances are that the mobility at the knee joint is maybe maybe 
poor and that's causing some stress. It could be pressure on the knees as well. So the first thing I would do is get some form of yoga mat underneath the knees to help cushion them and then slow down the movement. If you're slowing down the movement and you're finding that it's still painful, I would just change it for another variation. Uh, but if it's persistent and starts to affect your life, I would go to a physio and get some professional help in that regard. Folks, that brings us to the end of our second episode of the Maximum Effort Fitness Podcast. Thank you for joining us so far. If you have any questions, you can reach me on Instagram at Jordan Fleming Fitness. That's Fleming with one M. You can email me at j j a y p t business at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, I will leave the link to asking questions below. Thank you so much for spending your time and have a wonderful day, whatever you're doing.